Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Well, go, baby, 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 won't you come out tonight? Well, baby, won't you come out tonight? Everyone, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, the continuing adventures of us. And our eggs. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Welcome, everyone. One and all. Uh, let's see. This week, what has happened? No further discussion between Dory and I regarding the IVF appointment other than it's moving uh, to a few hours later. Wait, were we supposed to have a discussion about it? I'm just saying. I'm updating everyone. Oh. And I'm also reiterating the fact last week that we never talk about it unless we're doing the podcast. Right. It's like I don't really think about it. Like I sometimes sometimes I think about it like if I get an email that makes me think about it, but I try not to think about it too much. Mhm. 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 I also I think I'm doing the thing again where I'm just thinking very negatively. That's your MO. Yeah. Regarding IVF. Well, I mean, except when it worked, it was like pretty much 
except when it worked you were still very negative when it worked yeah but i'm saying like my my outlook was was borne out by the by our results except the one time that it worked i see yeah so you would say that your optimism was chipped away systematically Mm -hmm. (laughs) started very high Mm -hmm. and then uh the more we went through it, the, mm-hmm. the more it, it chipped away. Any advice for people who might be going through the same thing? It all sucks. Uh-huh. Uh, it, can, it can work in spite of you. <laughs> that's my advice to them. It can work in spite of you. That's, a, yeah. that's good advice. So, yeah. Um, what's new over here? Henry is waddling about. Yeah, he's a real uh, Wakasaurus Rex here. He's uh, he loves uh, just being as free as he can be. Mm-hmm. So you know, we don't have a free range child not yet. I think once the uh, pandemic's over, we'll probably just let him loose on the city, In the neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> just let him go where he wants to go. Um, but it's been it's in, it's interesting you know as a on my end of things work the room is starting back up at work on um tuesday and you know it just sort of is a, you get you get the sort of a, that that sunday that sunday feeling when you have to go back to school sunday scaries I've never heard that. Oh, really? I'll call it the Sunday Scaries then. It's a a real thing. So I've got a little bit of the Sunday Scaries. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, uh, I don't have a little, I have a lot of bit of them. Mostly, I've got other stuff I'm doing too right now. Not, you know, that are career related, work related ish. it's a lot on the plate right now. And it feels like it was like nothing, 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 everything. I feel like that's often how things work with you. Yeah. I just find that I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't often enough enjoy the nothing while it's here. I don't know. I think you were enjoying the nothing. Oh, yeah. I guess I just wish I was more grateful for the nothings or in the nothing i don't know i mean what do you do i guess i really enjoyed it and was grateful for it while it was happening so the end i think you were sunday scaries here we come so do you think you'll also have them tomorrow because the room doesn't start till tuesday and today is sunday 100 percent. okay i mean unless i can get a lot of stuff done tomorrow which i'm not fully holding my breath for it's hard. It's hard. I gotta, I, I, my week fills up weirdly. It shouldn't. Let's be honest. But, okay. <sighs> yeah. We hope you're all staying uh, distant socially as we continue through the bullshit of 2020. Um, yeah. I don't know. I suppose I'm just uh, worried about everything what are you worried about the world you know Mm -hmm. 
just seemed like for a little while everyone was like on the same page and now everybody's pages are different and it's fucking bananas yeah did you see those um photos and videos of people like partying this week this weekend at like lakes and stuff you know, I, I do try to desperately avoid the news at most costs, mm-hmm. other than your and my NPR brief in the morning and afternoon. Uh, and I stay off social media, just in general. So I've been in like this nice little lull of uh, no news is good news for me. So, but what you're saying is not surprising. Mm-hmm. <sighs> People. Dum-dums. Yeah. People are the worst. Uh, yeah, we're all terrible in our own ways. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's, I don't even know what's new around here. I got an external monitor. Oh, my God. Guys. I walk in the house. I look and I see a little error message floating around on Dory's new monitor. And then I see her holding the speakerphone. I'm like, you didn't call tech support, did you? She didn't even ask me. So You were busy. You were playing poker. But I was in and out of the house like 14 times. Not while I was on the phone. And I've, I've gotten from you. like So it's okay to write, I need your help when you can't get a pizza in the oven. But... When you can't That's get... That's because I was trying to heat up your dinner. I see. Well, I mean, look, it's fine. What I'm saying is, it's fine. If you'll, if you'll do it for a pizza, then you should absolutely okay. do it for a monitor. Right. Long story short, everyone. Dory would, uh, was uh, having a difficulty because there's like a bunch of the same port on the back of the monitor. And I looked at it and I was like, I bet it's not in the right port. My suspicion first arose when she asked me for a cable. <laughs> I was like, What? And then I was like, those, in my head, I'm like, well, those don't usually go bad like that. This should be interesting. And then when she didn't come back, I was like, oh, wow, I guess it was the cable. But then when I went in the house for a beverage, it turns out problem existed between, what is it? Between, what do they call it? I don't know. User, eh, whatever. Dory had it in the wrong port she had it in a usb port instead of a display port uh which you know they're the same size so unless they're super clearly labeled which they were um it's hard to figure out what to put and the then instructions were not clear that's okay but i looked at it unplugged my cable took my cable back because i immediately knew oh this isn't the cable and then took her cable and plugged it into the correct ports and ladies and gentlemen dory now has a dell monitor hooked up to her computer which is a mac it's so weird is that weird it is weird it's a weird world we're living in dells and macs coexisting i know never happened (laughs) so she uh is now a member of the external monitor club welcome Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a while. I've been, I've, been, I've been a part of it for a long time. You have been. But, you know, you can't get a webcam anymore. There's no need to get a webcam. <laughs> Dory's having a real difficulty here with the whole concept of having two monitors. I don't like two monitors. 
as as I just said. So she's, you know, when she's zooming, she's like, well, then I got to open up my laptop. And I'm like, make the other monitor a secondary monitor, and then you'll always have it up. But, yeah. I guess I can try it and see how it this goes. This is the big situation here at the house. That's, that's, what, that's how nothing is going on. That's how much nothing is happening right now. Yeah, pretty much. We're, we're just fixated on my external monitor situation. Yeah. I mean, Dory has slowly turned this into an office that is usable for her. Uh, in spite of my best efforts. Uh, but she seems happy with it. And it's so nice to not have to be in the same office. Not because yeah. I don't want to be in the same office as my wife, but because if we shared an office, it would be probably 18 hours a day where podcasts were being recorded in a room. Mm-hmm. It would That's be true. a little ridiculous. I mean, to be fair, you still have a bunch of stuff in this room. Yeah, that's why I said despite my best efforts. Yeah. She's looking at a bookcase. I would really like to get rid of that bookcase. Yep. What's next on the list? Remember I asked you if you, if, if I, and I said I need help with my office area. Mm-hmm. We just need to find the time. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. Weirdly, we don't have the time. Yeah, I feel like we should, but we don't. We don't. Like, I want to take this desk outside, your old desk, and waterproof it and turn it into a gardening we were, table we were gonna get the polyurethane this weekend and then we never did that we never did that we had a whole you know henry's a henry's a demanding baby he likes uh to constantly be in different areas he just requires a lot of supervision yeah that's true he does he well because he's a one-year-old yeah but uh oh today's his today he's 13 months He's a 13-month-old. Wow. So long being able to call kids one uh, by years. And now for the next 23 months, he'll be said age of months. I think I think they use months up until age two. That's why I said 23. Said oh, I see. For the next 23, 23 months. Right. So not until three. Um, yeah. What are you all doing? What are you all doing? I'm dying to know. Um, please, please let us know how you're doing by emailing Matt at gmail.com or mattanddory at gmail.com or you can call us at 413-461-BABY. Um, I'm going to get right into some some listener stuff. That's okay. Yeah. okay. I mean, let, let the listeners be heard. This all is right. how the podcast works, everybody. This first email is from Danielle. Hey, Matt and Dory, longtime listener since episode one, but first time writer to the podcast. I just wanted to say you definitely need to fight that embryo storage fee. Even if that doctor is no longer at that clinic, it doesn't change that the embryo is inconclusive. Don't be afraid to escalate this higher. The fact that you still have this in writing definitely helps your case. Hope it works out. Danielle, 1200 square foot loft with one boyfriend and two cats in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, could you? Thank you. Just need to get the cable here. I'm very far away. I'm in a glider that we're getting rid of. This glider I never wanted in the first place that has never really found a... I mean, I guess when Henry was breastfeeding, it what certainly was What are you talking about? Useful. I used it all the time. No, no. I didn't mean whether or not we'd use it. I meant whether or not it would have a place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of an it's kind of awkward. Exactly. It's an awkward thing. Yeah. Chair gliders shouldn't exist. I disagree. They should be rocking chairs only. 
Mm, I don't know. It's very comfortable. Well, look, I'm gliding away right now. You really are. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Have you made any overtures to uh, the clinic regarding the storage fee? I have not. I have not responded to the last email from the... <laughs> Are you just waiting to talk to our doctor yes. about that? Interesting. I like it. That's nice. I decided this woman is going to do nothing for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to discuss this with Dr. Beck. <sighs> Even the idea of having discussions around it is like, ooh. I just like not only is it Sunday scaries, but we have to do that on Tuesday. I know everything's happening at one time. Yeah, tune in next week for a more interesting episode. <laughs> um, thank you, Danielle. I don't know who I could escalate this higher to, like the Better Business Bureau. Like, well, I, mean, I think you know, uh, I think higher would be a doctor that's there. Yeah, right. Can the doctor override the financial? I think person. because they own it, they own, they it. own the they own the yeah. practice, so it shouldn't be a problem. And I think she tries to stay out of money stuff, but I'm like, oh no, no, I'm bringing you into this. <laughs> um, weirdly, I would I would just pay it. I know you would, but also, but you always do that. I know. I don't like confrontation in any way, shape, or form. I know. I just think it's unnecessary mm-hmm. when you can just bend to anyone's will. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need? Okay. Um, all right. This is from Anonymous. Hi, Dory. Hi, Matt. Longtime listener and first time writer here, emailing from NYC. After three unsuccessful IUIs, I completed my first egg retrieval at the end of February. As the city was preparing for lockdown, my husband and I got the good news that we have four genetically normal blastocysts in the freezer. Nice. Fast forward to today, we just got an email. The clinic is preparing to reopen in the coming weeks. However, because we live in New York, getting there for monitoring requires frequent subway or cab rides. Mm -hmm. My dilemma is, do we jump back on the IVF train ASAP or continue to wait it out a bit longer until things feel safe? I'm 36. My husband is 44. So we're both eager to become parents. That said, after all of the work that went into getting those blastocysts, I don't want to risk losing one because we moved too quickly. Would love any thoughts or any advice, especially as you're considering trying for baby number two. Wishing you all the best with next week's consult. Thank you for sharing your journey. Take care and stay safe. Anonymous with a husband, no pets, in 1,200 square feet in NYC. Whoa. That's a a nice size nice apartment. Very nice. Um, I have thoughts about this. I'd love to hear them. I think now is the best time to do it before everyone goes back to work because unless unless you are planning on waiting until there's a vaccine or therapeutics or whatever i think now is when you want to do it because the city is not yet crowded with people going back to work like the city's pretty empty yeah whereas if you wait like three or four months people could start going back to work but it'll still be dangerous because there's no there's no vaccine yeah i would also I also stick with a cab. Yeah, I would stick with a cab too and wear a mask. And I would mask and glove it in the cab, dump the gloves on the way out of the cab, and and head on in. Um, you know, also like it's summer in the city. Uh, you know, Thursday everyone leaves. Tuesday everyone comes back. 
are people still leaving now? I don't know. I feel like the people who would leave are gone. gone. Yeah. Which is why I think now is a good time to do this. I think you might be right about that. Thank you. Dory Shafrir, New York expert. (laughs) Um, Anonymous. New York's own. Carol Garden's own Dory Shafrir. Um, There is an article by a woman named Emily Oster, who is this amazing economist who also wrote the book Expecting Better. And she also wrote a book called Crib Sheet. And she just takes this very like data-driven approach to everything involving pregnancy and children. And she has a newsletter, a COVID newsletter. And she wrote a post last week that actually might be relevant to your situation, even though it might not seem like it at first. It's called Grandparents and Daycare. And it's about how to evaluate when you can see grandparents and when you can send your kids back to daycare. Mm -hmm. But what I liked about it is that she gave, she gives you this like framework for evaluating risk And one of the things she says is you have to frame the question. Like when you say, do I continue to wait it out a bit longer until things feel safer? Well, what does that mean? Does that mean until there's a vaccine? Does that mean until cases go down? Does that just mean indefinitely? Like, and that's why I say like, consider going now. Interesting. I don't see how we equate those two things of going now versus what if, you know, safer for her does mean vaccine. Then that's then fine. That's what I said, though. I said, no, no, I'm saying you don't know the answer to her thing and you're telling her to go now. Okay, so this I'm I was trying to paraphrase, but I now I will just read from the article. She says, you don't need an answer. You need a way to decide. And you're evaluating you're evaluating risk and you're mitigating risk so mitigating risk was what you said take a cab versus taking the subway evaluating risk what is the actual risk of serious illness from doing this there is a risk but it seems pretty low um so you know i think i mean look i would also say take a cab because the drivers have those fun plastic things anyway. Yeah. And not an Uber because they don't have them. Correct. Well, some of them do. The black, the, in New York they do because they're black Well, cars. delivery people, yes. Yeah. All right. But like, so that, well, let's talk about that for a second here. Okay. So let's, what if my question is, when can I go to Las Vegas? And the answer to my, well, I would feel safe only when it felt safe. So what does that mean? Um, I guess I need a vaccine before I go. Then that's then there's your answer. So I guess I don't go to January of 2023. This is what she says. You must start by figuring out what precisely you're considering doing. And just as important, asking what is the alternative? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you you can end up framing the question as she's talking about nannies and daycare. Should Mm -hmm. we have our nanny come back now or reevaluate in three weeks? This framing may force you to confront the question. What is likely to be different in three weeks, three weeks? What am I expecting to learn? If you're waiting for a vaccine at the end of June, a quick perusal of the facts would tell you this isn't realistic. Right. In addition, being specific about the question may reveal some mismatch in expectations across decision makers. If you see the alternative of seeing your parents now versus three weeks from now, and they see it as now versus when there's a vaccine, those are pretty different conversations. Right. 
And then once you frame the question, then you move on to risks and benefits. What is the safest way to do what you are considering? Hmm. Drive to Las Vegas. Yeah. The end. That is the safest part of it. Right, because then you start. You get then to I'm a, in a hotel, a, a forty thousand room hotel right. with exactly everyone's germs. Yeah, and then you have to think about the actual risks, and then think about the benefits. So, do the benefits outweigh the actual risks? I would argue, in the case no. of Las Vegas, no. Correct. All right. Even though I love it. Even though you love it, of course. But I love like, what it used to be. I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Not what it is now. Well, now it is nothing. Nothing. (laughs) All right. Let's take a short break. Okay. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombus just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. Bombus is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombus is that when you purchase an item, Bombus donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombus has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombus can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know uh, stripes on the top of it. it's like oh hey look at me i'm a vintage uh soccer player or track person they've got those too and they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff you know if for all you frill seekers out there folks all i'm saying is you heard me talk about bombas for years now 
I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. All right. We're back. We assess the risk. I am in Las Vegas reporting to you live. From the deserted casino floor of the Cosmopolitan. <laughs> I broke in. Not open. I so far have seen no action. <laughs> All right. Um, let's listen to a voicemail. Hi, it's Katie from Atlanta. It's been a minute since I've called, much less listened, um, quarantine and all. Um, I was sparked to call in for a couple of reasons, but first of all, the vacuum conversation. We also just got a Dyson cordless and having previously had a shark. And let me tell you, it is like night and day. It took me a long time to convince my husband to get a Dyson because he always thought they were overpriced. We didn't need it. The shark did a good enough job. He took that Dyson out, charged it up, made a pass on our rugs, and it was gross, everything that came out. I mean, like, gross in a good way, because that means our rugs are clean now, but all I'm saying is if people have ever hesitated about getting a Dyson because of the price tag, just do it. He did it at Bed Bath & Beyond. They were having a sale. He got free shipping. He had a coupon. I don't know. My husband did all the vacuum research, so how's that for feminism? Um, <clears throat> two other things I wanted to bring up. I actually... I'm getting the chance to listen to you finally because my daughter is back in daycare after being out of it for 10 weeks. They just reopened today. We toyed around with the idea of sending her back or not um, because, like, we live in Georgia, which <laughs> leading the way and how to not reopen your state. Um, but our daycare reopened and they instituted all these policies and we and she's been asking to go. She's a little over two. And so we figured that it was probably best for everybody, but I'm just having a lot of anxiety about it. Um, it was going to have to happen eventually because, you know, we're, this isn't going anywhere. But I'm just curious to hear of any other parents or listeners who sent their kids back or never even took them, never even had their daycare closed, just kind of see how that was going. And then hopefully I won't get kid up, but... Uh, we're about to start trying for our second, and um, we had a very hard time getting pregnant with our first, blessed to, you know, we got pregnant through IUI, but I did have a miscarriage, and I keep going back and forth about what I actually want to do in terms of do we want to go through all the stress of trying again? My doctor said that I'm 35, so we should only do, try naturally for about six months before we go back to the fertility specialist. But now I'm like, should we even try to have another one? Our first daughter's so great. I don't know. This isn't really a question. It's more just like, I need a pep talk. Um, so I'm not sure I'm ready to go down that road again. Um, Is she but getting it from I do us? think I want a sibling, but whatever. We'll find out. Anyway, um, as always, I had 1,700 square feet in Atlanta, urban <laughs> Atlanta, like ITP for those who know. Um, but it feels real small when you're at home for 10 weeks with your child and your husband. Um, okay, let's uh, let's talk about everything point by point here. Okay. Vacuum cleaner. It was disgusting when Dory first vacuumed the rug. Truly. The stuff that came up, the color of it, the amount of it, 
And Dory's like, she was very big on, All right, we need natural rugs. So they shed, you know, because they're wool. And uh, they, by, by virtue, always look dull and filthy until you vacuum with a real vacuum cleaner. And then it brings all the color back and you're just like grossed out by the fact that you were living with it like that. Mm-hmm. So that said, and also like you think to yourself, Ugh, at like max power, if you're like going, which I we haven't, I don't think any of us have used the maximum. No, I haven't. Uh, I think it's like. I think it only lasts, lasts for like five, five minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. But it like when you have it on auto, it's like forty minutes, and you're like, that's not enough time. But then really think about it, it's like how because which I like the trigger does not stay on, and what I like about that is you're only vacuuming when you're in contact with the floor surface. Yeah, true. You know, so you're not wasting any energy. So let me just say, if you're worried about the battery life, don't. It's great. There you go. That's my, my vacuum, vacuum talk. Now, daycare, sent your two year old back. Congratulations. On, on doing that and feeling like you could. Huzzah. I hope the precautions are all taken and I'm sure that you wouldn't be sending your two-year-old back if they weren't. Now, other listeners, is anyone in a place where they didn't close daycares? There are... Probably a few outliers. Like Massachusetts never closed to essential workers. Like the day, the daycares stayed open for essential workers. I children. see. Oh, okay. So, like, if you were if you worked in a hospital, yeah, that makes sense. And I think there's some in California that did that too. I know I've talked to a couple friends who were like, "Yeah, my daycare stayed open for um, essential workers, but I haven't been sending my kid." But right, right, right. Okay. Um, and then I'd also I still am interested in these homeschool people who have been homeschooling and then like everything shuts down and you get to mock everyone else. Well, this is easy, bros. I've, and and again, this is all anecdotal from what I've gleaned from Facebook groups. I love Dory's anecdotal evidence from mom groups over the internet. But the home, even the homeschooling moms are like, look, this is not like normal homeschooling, like normal homeschooling. We go out and do activities. Like, most homeschooling kids have like scheduled group activities with like, you know, for like music and soccer and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then also during the day, their parents are often taking them to like a museum or a, you know, yeah. whatever, like they're a park, like they're getting out of the house. They're not sequestered I in see. their home. So even the homeschooling moms are like, yeah, we're like, we are better prepared for this, but this is not like yeah super easy either. Right, right, right. Okay. But you know what else is interesting? Just as an aside, there are some kids who are thriving in this in this environment. Like I think, especially kids who are on the spectrum and have trouble with socializing in a normal school setting, are like I have heard again anecdotally. I was reading an article about how horrible it was for a, a, a woman wrote it about her son, older son who has autism, who does not understand why he can't. Oh, interesting. Go. So, again, your anecdotal evidence. I have my own totally. to counter it. Yeah, and I anecdotes, people. There's no one. This is why the signals out. Yeah, give us more anecdotes. Give now, us more anecdotes. Pep talk. 
Ready? Yep. You do you. Wow. Shifty eyed. That was. I don't know. <laughs> I feel you though. I completely like. I get it. Like. Yeah. I. Oh, also, we should say that we started chuckling while you were talking about daycare, not because of the content of your voicemail. No, because <laughs> the, our son burst in. In through, his, the doggy in door. His, through the doggy door <laughs> with his uh, little shorts and t-shirt on <laughs> and the huge grin on and his and face the happiest <laughs> you've ever seen a person not to see us he walked right up to Bo and then turned and went right past us into <laughs> into our room probably to grab vitamins off of uh, Dory's nightstand which he thinks is a hilarious rattle um, so that's what that's what we were chuckling about. All right. This is from Eric. Um, he says Wait, did you not have a pep talk for her? Oh hey, I think this is like, yeah, this is hard and I think you should try and hopefully it'll work. I'd say knock it out these six months, you yeah. know. Don't worry about it till you're at month seven. Yep. So for now, you know, for me, it's keep easy. On keeping like on. I, I hear 35 and I'm like, Oh, that's so young. Um, I know me to too. doctors that seems like maybe advanced maternal age or whatever they call it. But I think that still seems young to me. So good luck. We'll be rooting for you. Um, all right. This is from Eric. A-M-D-H-B. Our family has had an unusual trip in listening to your content. Normally, I wouldn't share this to the community. But since you were asking for other things, I thought I might write in. I only wrote in once before a preachy email to Matt about using a heart rate monitor for exercise maybe two years ago. Oh, God. I wish I had listened to that and continued to do so. But that was a pretty targeted reason, not really about my slash our life, but instead a desire to help. I was late to the Nerdist podcast thing. Maybe my 20th episode was an event where Matt mentioned having just started the Star Trek TNC podcast, I believe, in San Francisco. Holy shit. TNC has helped me in tough days. I'm a new lieutenant. I grew up. Welcome to the Patreon. I grew up watching the Star Trek movies with my parents, and after a while, I checked out the Excellent Adventure podcast as well. I ended up listening for a number of reasons. The biggest one being your relationship and communication. My wife has now latched on to the Forever Thirty Five podcast too, so lots of cross pollination happening. Nice. We haven't gone through the more classic fertility problems like other listeners, and my heart goes out to those who are. I met the woman that would be my wife in 2013. Both of us had moved back to Seattle after troubled relationships. A few years after we met, we bought a house together. Then got married and in 2018 decided to start trying. I ended up having a surprising amount of benefit beyond just listening to your relationship evolve and grow. This is where we're fortunate in a way. We're one of those couples that got pregnant quickly. Unfortunately, we lost the baby at 10 weeks and only found out when the OB couldn't find anything on the ultrasound and recommended a DNC. It ended up causing Asherman syndrome. Suddenly, we found ourselves in a fertility clinic, not for treatment, but for a procedure to hopefully correct it. Thankfully, it worked, and despite a six-month recovery, we're now eight months pregnant with our baby girl. However, Congratulations. I lived a few things that I'd heard about in your podcast and was ironically more prepared because of it. That's, you know, side benefit. It's like, you know, when you watch MacGyver for years and you're like, I'm never going to need to use any of this. But then one day, you got you to get out of a jam and all you have is a paperclip. There you go. You're like, oh, I saw this on MacGyver. 
So, all right, he lists them. Nothing happens quickly. They wanted to wait two months just for the initial consultation. Then it was months more before the procedure would be done. We pushed back, and this happened faster, thankfully. Everything is crazy expensive, even with insurance sometimes. <laughs> Jerk-off rooms are real. In this clinic, it was actually attached to the waiting room, nice. unlike all the actual exam rooms. I didn't need it for what we were doing, but saw men come out after donating and could only imagine hearing conversation happening outside the door while trying to Ugh. donate. Terrible. The feeling that your body is betraying you. Uh, by the way, I want to say, for the record, currently, my thought process is I will not be using their jerk-off rooms. Whoa. What will you be using? The house, and then I will drive it there. Okay. That is, that is, that is, I've just decided that it's just like. I don't know if they'll let you do that. The rooms are so terrible. Well, maybe they've remodeled. Because if they haven't, I'm like, what the fuck? What are you using all those valet parking fees for? It's ridiculous. All right. The feeling that your body is betraying you. We, of course, didn't know why the first didn't make it. So the instinct is to wonder if it's your fault. Thanks to this podcast, I was able to say that this just happened. Sometimes I could talk about other examples while we mourned and rationalized the loss. The entire industry around pregnancy and fertility is designed to make women feel comfortable, which makes a lot of sense considering what women go through. Unfortunately, I found a lack of empathy towards the father's feelings and comfort and was left in waiting rooms, had my calls to the doctor, returned to my wife instead of me, etc. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I've skipped a lot of detail, but I wanted to give you an idea of how much this podcast has helped me over the last few years. Having this window into another couple that, if not parallel to us, was at most a lane or two over helped me in the tougher times. It's also helped with friends that have gone through IVF or other fertility as well, especially when it comes to understanding and sensitivity. Thank you for continuing the pod. Give Bo some head scratches from my wife and me, and fingers crossed, Henry soon learns the word engage. <laughs> Love you both, Eric, in Seattle, Washington, in 1,700 square feet with me, my wife, and a baby that seems to kick her more by the day. Um, Eric, the, uh, so you know, Andy got uh, Henry a Captain Picard Day onesie. So that's, that's an excellent exclusive. Oh, yeah, it is. We haven't talked about that on TNC. Okay. Um, Eric, thank you for your email, for listening to the podcast. I'm glad it was helpful. And best of luck with your uh, baby. I can't wait to see what other things we go through that you're like, mm. I knew I should have purchased a dolly. That's probably one thing that will come up. <laughs> All right. Long story short, everybody. Oh Here we go. And then we are never talking about this again. <laughs> I, before we moved, or was it right after we moved? It was right after we moved. Dory and I were in a hardware store back when you could go to those things together as human beings without masks. It was a glorious time. I believe historians will refer to it as February of 2020. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, were, we were at an end cap. They had dollies for sale, hand trucks that also converted. And I was like, oh. And Dory's like, you're not getting a dolly. And I was like, but think of all the stuff that like I could move because if it's over seven and a half pounds in this house, I have to move it. <laughs> I don't know why my wife's very, my wife does work out with weights constantly. She's, you know, strong. She's in shape. She's a human being. <laughs> So I was like, you know, I have to move everything on my own. Anytime anything big gets moved. And she's like, I don't need a dolly. And I, and I thought about it for a second. And I was like, okay, she's probably right. Maybe I don't need a dolly. 
And, uh, well, lo and behold, everybody, a dolly would have come in handy probably 14 times since that February date. Um, the biggest, you know, now last this, this glider I'm in where uh, Dory is uh, passing it on to a, a, a mom in a Facebook group. Again, her entire social circle is moms in Facebook groups. Um, this glider needs to get moved and it's so weird to move because of the me- the gliding mechanism is so heavy. It's very bottom heavy, hard to move on your own. I need a dolly. So I ordered one on Amazon today. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. All right. Um, when I had to get the couch into Henry's playroom on my own, you know, the giant couch. Everybody remembers the couch saga of 2017, 18, 19, and 20. Uh, well, <laughs> I had to do that without a dolly. Um, it's good times. I'm just glad to be here, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. All right. We're going to take a short break. What? Yep. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Good news. I did some risk assessment and it looks like I do need a dolly. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, All right. This next email is from Michelle. Hi, Matt and Dory. My sister had her first baby yesterday, a beautiful little girl. See photo attached. I see photo attached as Dory knocks her microphone off because she's somehow, for some reason, even though she doesn't need her webcam right now, she's insisting on using her tiny, tiny monitor attached to her 13-inch laptop. Very strange, my wife. And she's trying to put a microphone cable microphone cable through a mic the way that it does not clip in. And... Uh, there we go. All right. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Thank you very much, Matt. Um, She's okay. a genius, but like it's <laughs> hilarious to watch her struggle with normal uh, things. She had the same kind of delivery as you, Dory, a 30-plus hour labor followed by a C-section. But my sister is well and happy, and the yet-to-be-named baby is safe and cute as a dumpling. Oh, you also didn't name your baby yet. Interesting. Took us a couple days. This isn't her baby. It's her... It's her Niece. Maybe I'm talking to her sister. Okay. This is my first ever nibbling niece slash nephew. I've been so unbelievably excited to be an aunt ever th- since I found out my sister is pregnant. But now in these current circumstances, I feel really confused and sad. Due to travel restrictions, I won't be able to visit the baby for a while, and I have no idea when I'll be able to hold it. It could be months or even years before the restrictions lift enough for us to touch again. My question is, how do you bond with a baby if you can't hold it? A lot of my friends video chat and talk with the infants slash toddlers in their lives, but I know it will be quite a long time before my niece is able to do that. How will a baby learn about me if I can't be within 1.5 meters of them, our equivalent of the six foot rule? I already love this beautiful baby just from seeing it over FaceTime, so I'm not worried about me feeling connected to the baby. I'm worried it won't have a clue who I am because I'm just yet another person standing at a distance from them. Thanks for the podcast, Michelle. 
Michelle. And she's in 104 square meters with one greyhound and a weekend husband. About to move to 120 square meters with the same greyhound and a soon-to-be full-time husband. Same person as the weekend husband, not a modern arrangement. I prefer a weekend husband, and you will too. Um, let me let me just address something off the top. Don't feel horrible about this, because I got news for you. Babies don't give a shit who you are for like eight months. I, I was going to say the same thing. They literally could not care less. You know, they might care a little bit more about the mom because they can smell the breast milk on her. But other than that, they don't give a shit. They'll go wherever you want them to go. And they don't move. They don't do anything. They're lumps. Their eyes can't see really until they're, what, six months. Right? I thought it was like two months. Whatever. Two months. For, so for two months, they can't even see you. Let alone whatever. Uh, bonding with the baby, I think, is going to happen, you know, when it's starts to get its personality, which is like eh, six months, a year. Um, certainly, I could tell you if Henry, if we brought a, if we brought a new person into the home and said this is this person, Henry would probably be like, okay, whatever, I don't care, and would try to open a door or go through a doggy door, not acknowledging the person. But if that person then was around three more times he'd start to become attached to that person. What am I saying? I'm saying, don't worry about right now. Yeah, that was pretty much what I was going to say too. I said it in a much longer winditter way. Winditter, everyone. Um, okay. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Whose name do I have to edit out of the podcast? The... The one um, with the three unsuccessful IUIs. The New York person. That was in the first portion of the podcast? Mm, no, that was right before. That was. Oh, wait, no. I did. I'm sorry. I'm losing it. What that is, was anonymous. What is literally happening that to was, you right now? I'm sorry. I have never I had quite seen you in this state. I had conflated two people. I repeated an email. I'm sorry, everyone. That is my bad. And she also forgot to listen to the voicemails. I also forgot to listen to the voicemails. You know what I think is happening right now? What? I think you're on overload. Yeah, probably. I think you need to like zen out in a glider. But you're sitting on the glider. Yeah, I know. It's dope. I don't even want to get rid of it. I love it so much. Oh, no. Can it stay right here? It's a convenient place for it. It's so convenient. (laughs) Um, All right. I'm going to play voicemail. Hey, guys. This is Rebecca from Birmingham. I've called in a couple of times. Um, I was the one who sent that silly ABC poem. Seems like forever ago. Anyway, I wanted to call in and weigh in on the whether or not to have a or try for a second child debate. Um, My husband and I were kind of in the same situation when our daughter was born. She was our last embryo. We we didn't have any on ice. um, And it took us, you know, four cycles to even get one embryo. And uh, so... 
We knew, we kind of knew from the get-go that if we went for a number two, we were going to have to most likely use donor eggs. Ours is an egg problem. Um, and so uh, when we, you know, we kind of waited forever, and she had just turned five when we were like, okay, we've, we've got to do this if we're going to do it. And that was kind of a tough decision to make. Um just because life had gotten pretty easy, you know, she um, was bathing herself and, and feeding herself and wasn't wearing diapers and didn't need as much supervision and our schedule could be a little bit more lenient. We didn't have naps anymore. And so the idea of starting over was a little scary, but what kind of um, made up my mind um, was, I'm thinking about the relationship that I have with my brother and he was also he was five and a half years older than me. So we actually never really had that growing up together experience. You know, we were never like playing that I remember anyway. Um, but as adults, our relationship has gotten so close and not to sound really morbid about it, but, you know, thinking about in the future when our parents pass away, I will be so grateful to have him to, um, you know, share in the memories and the, um, just all of the things, um, again, not to sound morbid about it, but that's just, that was really important to me to be able to give our daughter that, that person. Um, and now that we have had him and we did go the donor egg route, um, and he's two now and it's hard. I will be honest. It's hard. Starting over was a shock to the system. Um, I would suggest doing it sooner than later um, because I think them being closer in age would make things a lot easier because our daughter's eight and he's two and she's getting to that phase where, you know, she wants her stuff to be her stuff and they're playing with very different things. But they also have this incredible bond and watching them read books together and, you know, cuddle together and he just adores her you know he if he goes and picks out a snack he picks one out for her too if he is getting a cup to brush his you know to rinse out his mouth after he brushes his teeth he grabs one for her too I mean he just idolizes her and watching that relationship just melts my heart so I'm definitely team try do it give Henry that sibling because he's awesome and he deserves it um but it's obviously totally y'all's decision. Um, anyway, I guess that's all I have. Uh, good luck. I know it's, it's a tough decision to make. And I also do want to say that going out to CCRM was the best thing that we did. Um, mm. That's how we got our daughter. We actually went to San Diego Fertility Center for our son just because they're more geared towards donor eggs. <laughs> but um, that's my son that you're in the background, so I guess I better go. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Sounds like Henry. It does. That's exactly. Mm, mm, mm. Um, valid points. My heart can melt without a sibling, though. I mean, the most convincing argument for me is to not put the entire burden of both of us dying on only Henry. Yeah. Not to be morbid. 
I mean, unless, you know, it's on Henry and Bo the 30th, you know, after we've cloned him so many times. Um, but also, I don't know. I don't know if that's compelling enough. Oh, I mean, that's not the only reason for me. Well, I know. But I'm also like, I'm just saying like, out loud, I'd like to talk to some only children. Do you listen to this podcast? Are you an only child? Are you cool? (laughs) Or are you weird? Let us know. Those are the two options. <laughs> cool or weird. All right. Here's a voicemail. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Carrie, the um, American in the UK that called about genetic testing. Mm-hmm. Calling back um, because I want to say thank you for both of your differing opinions. Um, I, I actually agree with both of them, and I have no idea. Um I did want to add that we do have insurance coverage right now, which is humongous. Um, it covers 70 to 80% of most things Nice. Um, involved with IBS, which is crazy. But, sorry, I'm a lot of breath. I've been walking the dog. Um, another factor that I've been trying to take into consideration is that we might be losing that insurance coverage soon, mm-hmm. and we might also be moving out of country soon, slash mm-hmm. in the next six to eight months to a year. All factors to consider. Anyway, I'm not really looking for more opinions. I just wanted to write in and give a big shout out to all of the IBS people that have to, the people behind me, they're going to hear me talking to myself like a crazy person. <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> shout out to all the IBS people that now have to change their plans, which sucks. But I hope that it all works out in the end because... We deserve it. Anyway, thanks again. Um, have a good day. Oh, um, I still don't know how big the house is. Ugh. We have one dog who's six years old and a bit terrified of everything. Um, and that's it. Thanks. Bye. Speaking of dogs being terrified of everything, <laughs> I bought a couple of... She made a huge mistake, everybody. She bought balls, inflatable balls. <laughs> And there was one in the kiddie pool that I bought for Henry today, which is $10 at Target, by the way, if anyone is in need of a kiddie pool. Anyway, it was in the pool, and Bo was so scared of it. He growled at it. Dory picked it up. Bo backed off. Oh, God. Our dog really hates inflatable floating things. Yep. Like, really does. Really. Well, that's not true. He also hates them on the ground. He yeah. hates them everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting to me. It's like, I feel like he was around when we had the yoga ball in the house all the time. Yeah, but the yoga ball is more solid than those balls. Like those balls and the floaty things like just sort of float. It's when they move on their own. It's when they move on their own and they're... And He's like, oh, you must have some sort of internal power. You must be sentient. Yes. <laughs> but you don't smell like anything. It's confusing. He's so weird. He's so weird. <laughs> We're talking about you, Bo. Oh, he's asleep now. Yeah. Dreaming. He's dreaming about 
popping a ball. <laughs> All right. So uh, this, remember, we we were we've been asking people how they're doing. So well, hang this, on. Let me also just say regarding that voicemail and yes. moving in six to eight months to a different country. Yes. Take us with you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we've been asking people how they're doing. So this person writes, how are we doing? It's taken a month to find enough alone time when mm. I'm not asleep just to write an email to answer that question. So crowded, <laughs> trying to work remotely and educate a six-year-old and care for the baby and do all the outside world stuff for our house. And grandma is wearing us down and due to injuries and hesitation to go to a medical setting. I'm now the only physically able adult in our bubble of five. Jesus. So I'm one very tired introvert. Henry's birthday, letters and commemoration. Happy birthday, Henry. Matt made an offhanded comment about making a note to send him an email, and I had to laugh because I have already set up email addresses for both our boys with their actual names, and I do email them. Since our families are all far distant, save one recently relocated grandma, and we aren't on the Facebook, I've made a habit of sending group emails to all the grandparents at least a couple times per week with photos and stories, and I BCC the relevant kiddo so those photos and stories are piling up in their inboxes. That's nice. I put the email address and password in their respective baby books, and we'll hand them over when it seems appropriate. On a sibling for Henry, I always advocate for doing what you need, whatever you need to do to avoid regret in the future, however that looks to you. And I know you aren't there yet, but what if, I know it's a big what if, someone could give you embryos. It would amount to donor sperm and eggs, so how does that make you feel? Would you have qualifications for that path? Of course you would, so what would they be? To the Halloween bride. Maybe it's just me, but a wedding is just a party. Sure, it's a big important one, but the marriage itself is the truly meaningful thing, and that is just between the two of you. It is totally okay to separate the wedding from the marriage. If you have a dream party, you will be sad to lose. Then get your marriage going on the date you want and plan the party for later. Maybe a first anniversary party. Mm. There were more thoughts, but they have fled. That's Be well. Good advice on the wedding thing. Yeah. I don't know why we didn't think of that. We were so young and naive back then. We were. That many weeks ago into the pandemic. Did we ever... Did I ever read the update from the Halloween bride? No. Oh, I meant to do that. I'm sorry. Jeez. I have COVID brain. And now not COVID brain. I don't have COVID. I have core brain. What? Um, just be just admit it. What? You're loopy. You have no motor skill function right now. Here's an update from Tori. You don't even know what podcast this is. Um, I just wanted to follow up on a few of the questions you guys had. First of all, you guys are absolutely invited. That is, if you don't mind traveling nice. to Nebraska. Okay. I've always wanted to go to Nebraska for a couple reasons. I've never been. And I've been to 40, not 47 states. Wow. We actually live in Omaha, Nebraska. I, abs- I absolutely loved Matt's idea of renting a projector and watching the movie in a backyard. The only problem with that idea is you never know if you're going to have a nice, mild 65-degree day or a blizzard-filled day on That's Halloween true. in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. We are currently looking into finding a backyard-slash-basement combo where we could watch the movie if the theater doesn't work out. Thank you again for your input. I hope you guys have a great week. Well, we have an update for you from our listener who finally had time to write an email. First anniversary parties are dope. Yeah. Probably. Um, okay. Hi, Matt, Dory, Bo, and Henry. Longtime listener, first time email writer to any podcast. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. Wow. 
not going through IVF, but looking at having kids in the next couple of years. Your podcast has been giving me a lot of information. Should I ever have to go the IVF route? I love listening to both you and Dory. I've really been appreciating the Daily Henry posts on Instagram. They bring a smile to my face. My question is that my husband and I need activity ideas for two people stuck in an apartment. We watch, we watch a lot of movies, go on walks and cook together, but getting tired of doing the same things all the mm-hmm. time. Thanks, Jazz Noor. Living in 900 square foot apartment in Alberta, soon to move into 1800 square foot home with my 27 year old husband. I might be the worst person to ask that question to. You're looking at me like... <laughs> Do you know where you are? Um, yeah, I know you are. You you don't like um, activities with other people. Maybe that's why I'm so. I mean, I spent a lot of time alone as a kid. You know, my brother, closest in age to me, seven and a half years older than me. Right. So I'm almost eight years older than me. He's seven. Seven years and eight months older than me. So I I don't know what I was going to say. I, I guess my point is like I occupied myself a lot as a child. Uh whether that was like, I mean, it was a lot of television. But, you know, I turned that into a career, so whatever. Uh, and I built models, too. Um, hey, I have an idea for you guys. Jigsaw puzzle. Dory and I have done that together. It is an activity. It can be fun. I mean, look, if you divide the responsibilities up evenly and you're, 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 there's a team helping each other out, it'll go. The time will fly. Yep. Otherwise, what might I recommend 15 minutes of cleaning each night? Which we haven't been doing. We have not been doing, which led to me this morning doing dishes for over an hour. I was cleaning so the kitchen. Should we start that back up tonight? I don't know. I'm not here to be the guy who doesn't have a dolly and also doesn't clean. So what? I'll clean and have a dolly. <laughs> um, um, yes. Activities are interesting. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Wow. Teach each other a new instrument. Okay. <laughs> Um, I've really been enjoying paint by numbers. You could get some paint by numbers kits and, and paint with each other. Dory has been really into these. Uh, where do you get them? Etsy. Yeah. Etsy. I got, I got them on Etsy. They're from a company in Nashville called paint the town by numbers. Great name. Long name. I don't know how it fits on a, on a check, but um, they are, very you know they look great she she did a nice landscape person on a horse and uh plowing her way through ruth bader ginsburg um and they're just uh they're cool and then like you're finished and it's like oh that looks really nice 
that is a, that is an activity. Mm-hmm. That might be interesting. Yeah. What if you guys took up screen printing and may start a t-shirt company? Well, that could be fun. <laughs> uh, what about? Trying to think of like two-person fun two-person games. <laughs> we, if, if you find any people, let us know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we Dory and I once tried video games for a hot minute. Then we figured out that Dory can't exist in a first-person shooter. All right. Because she got sick, she got nauseous from the screen, Listeners. and also was very confused by having an analog stick as well as a D-pad. Listeners, if you have good activity ideas, let us know. But we did find a nice Sony uh, PlayStation uh, golf game. I also enjoyed the Indiana Jones game. Indiana Jones, Lego Indiana Jones, yeah, yes. That was fun. All right. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt and Dory. I thought I'd pause the pod and let you know I'm moving in the middle of a pandemic. I, so many people short are doing story, this. Long story short, I saw an apartment I wanted to buy before the pandemic, but the owners pulled it off the market. And then about a month ago, they relisted the apartment I had already fallen in love with for sale. So my realtor and I put on masks and gloves and brought Lysol wipes wow. and we saw it one more time and made an offer on it. And in about a week, I will be moving in the middle of the pandemic, which is wild. But, you know, you figure it out. And luckily, in the state of Washington, movers have been deemed essential. So I'm just going to move all my stuff with movers and then live in my old apartment on air mattress for three days while I let all the germs die. And then I'm going to move in. I currently live in a 675-square-foot apartment in Seattle. And I'm moving to a 700-square-foot apartment in Seattle with me and one grumpy cat. (laughs) This is Sasha in Seattle. Bye. Congratulations. Congrats, Sasha. I hope you got a good deal. Yeah. All right. I hope you were like, oh, took it off the market, huh? Suckers. Um, Sasha, congratulations. I hope your move goes well. It's exciting. And now, Matt, we we got an important update. You ready? Yes. Hi, Matt and Dory. It's Liz, the uh, bee lady, calling back for a bee update. Um, I really appreciate everybody calling in to let me know how to deal with the bees. I did contact our local bee association, beekeepers association, and they basically told me they couldn't do the cutout thing. And I had done that actually before people had responded in. Um, I didn't know about the pheromone thing, so we ended up uh, sealing the track with this spray foam stuff, and it was a genocidal approach, and I feel terrible about it. Um, <laughs> but before anybody sends in, you know, hate mail or comments about the bee situation, um, I did try to make amends with the bees by planting um, a bunch of flowers around the house that bees really love. Like, we planted three or four different lavender plants and a bunch of Russian sage and and a ton of local wildflowers. So I'm hoping that the bees forgive me for uh, killing off some of them. I'm hoping that there wasn't a queen in there yet, that it was just the uh, worker bees searching for a new hive spot. And I still have seen some bees around the yard, so and maybe they're not holding too big of a grudge. Um, 
But if we do get a future colony, I'm totally going to do that pheromone trap because that sounds really like the best solution. Uh, so thank you for that. And since I am calling from Reno, I feel like I have to comment on the whole Nevada, Nevada debate. Um, it is Nevada, but not, you know, in Spanish, it's Nevada, which is, uh, you know, the original name. So if you wanted to go with that, you could say, hey, you know, I'm still correct. But while you're yeah, while you're actually physically in Nevada, please call in Nevada or someone may uh, have words with you. Uh, but anyways, thank you guys so much. Um, love your show. All right. Liz calling again. Uh, have a good one. Bye. Liz is, uh, I love that she's trying to really make peace with the bees. I know. It's so. Uh, Liz, you now owe your life to the bees. You must work your entire life to ensure that the bees are appeased. Yeah. All right. Here's what I'd like to say. Maybe it was only seven bees and they had formed a suicide pact and crawled into your wall knowing that you would do that. Thank you. All right. Also, that's totally what I would have done. We have one last voicemail. If I had no. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. Uh, uh, This is Lauren. I've called in, I think, once or twice before, but I'm still listening way out of order. And I just listened to the episode where Matt said he wants to be on Buffering, and I freaked out because that's my favorite podcast. It's the second Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast I've listened to religiously. The other one uh, ended in fire and flames. It was so sad. Uh, it was a couple, and they broke up, and then it turned out he was abusive, and it was very upsetting. But Jesus. she's gone on to do a bunch of other podcasts and be great. So it was called Dusted. Anyway, not the point. Matt, you should go on Buffering. I tweeted at them. But I have 100 followers, so I don't know if that will go anywhere. Um, <laughs> they email. I don't know. Anyway, I think you should go on the show. It's on the fifth season, so there's a lot of good episodes for you oh, to be that's on. that's true. I don't know. I feel like you would like a funny episode better than, and five is just a chock full of sadness. Or season five is Look, chock full of sadness. Look, The Body so, is my favorite episode know. of all oh, time. Oh, The Buffy Bot is already, is not, oh, it's next up. Mm, they've already on that anyway spoiler alert for Buffy. no not a spoiler anyway um thank you for the pod uh i appreciate you guys i've been listening to you nonstop in quarantine and yeah i just moved into a house uh it's 1500 square feet and it's great my dog has a yard now it's the best you guys are the best i'm glad you moved rent own do whatever the fuck you want Ooh, I cursed. That's okay. We, um, we put the explicit tag I hope this on the doesn't episode. sound too rambly. My last one was rambly, so at least I'm not um, out of breath and walking my dog. Uh, <laughs> you guys are great. Thanks. Hope you're on bu- Matt, I hope you're on Buffering. And Dory, too. If you haven't watched Buffy, you totally should. Uh, thanks. Bye. Toodles. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. It's interesting. I think all Buffy podcasts end in separation. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Some for horrible reasons and others for amicable reasons. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. It does? Yeah. Already? Yeah. But I'm gliding. You are gliding. Oh, boy. He's getting that. I'm gliding look in his this eyes. This is how we should always do the podcast, <laughs> on a glider. Um, this is the portion of the pod where we read the names of our Patreon supporters, and you can become one of those and get up to two bonus episodes per month at patreon.com slash excellent adventure. You also get our quite 
large back catalog of Patreon episodes. If Some would say too many. Support us there. Um, and we'll be releasing a couple of those episodes in the next week. So Patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. That's where you go get it. And uh, as part of the $5 level or above, you get a shout out on the podcast every single time we record. And we're plowing through the lists. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time to say a big old thank you to Wolf Fox. Amanda Schramm. Anonymous in Brooklyn. Ainsley. Brandley Johnson. Bradley. Bradley. I was like, Brandley's not a name, but I'm still singing it. Bradley Johnson. <laughs> Brian Gusky. Christina. Claire Dealey. Crescent Martin. Danielle Nusiforo. Deanna McLean. Eliza. Elizabeth Kamani. Freya. Uh, Gita Drury. Holly Purpura. Jane Ennis. Jennifer T. Brennan. Jenny Fick. Joanna Reinwald. Jordan Hamesley. Kaylee Hendrickson. Karen Perelman. Katie Combs Pritchard. Katie Joyner. Carrie L. Oh, Kristen Anderson. Christine Kelly. Laura. Laura Bennett. Lauren Kay. Lauren Schultz. Lynn Nugent. Mara Fass. Maria Bishop. Marina Breed. Mary M. Mary Messick. Mary Myra. Melanie Braunbeck. Michelle Chudzinski. Nancy Olson. Nicola Hill. Nicholas Gidmore. Uh, Narantha Belagopal. Olga Zilstra. Uh, Rebecca Dowson. Rob Bine. Uh... Samantha. Sarah Lauer. Satish Pillolamari. Shauna Mandel. Sir Reginald Pennybottom. The Byersies. Tiffany Stevens. And Wendy Fick. Thank you all so much. It's been a great uh, week of us being bored here at the home. Uh, Hopefully the podcast was entertaining. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.